Section 14 of Beowulf Translated by Francis Barton Gamer 39 The bloody swath of Swedes and Geats and the storm of their strife were seen afar how folk against folk the fight had wakened the ancient king with his atheling band sought his citadel sorrowing much on Gentheo Earl went up to his burge he had tested Heloch's hardihood, the proud one's prowess, would prove it no longer, defied no more those fighting wanderers, nor hoped from the seamen to save his hoard, his bairn and his bride. So he bent him again, old, to his earth walls. Yet after him came with slaughter for Swedes the standards of Heloch, or peaceful plains in pride advancing, till Hrethlings fought in the fenced town, then on Gentheo, with edge of sword, the hoary bearded, was held at bay, and the folk king there was forced to suffer Eover's anger. In ire at the king, Wolf Wanredding with weapon struck, and the chieftain's blood for that blow and streams flowed neath his hair. No fear felt he, stout old Skilfing, but straightway repaid in better bargain that bitter stroke and faced his foe with fell intent nor swift enough was the son of wanred answer to render the aged chief too soon on his head the helm was cloven blood bedecked he bowed to earth and fell adown not doomed was he yet and well he waxed though the wound was sore then the hardy heloch thane when his brother fell with broad brand smote giant's sword crashing through giant's helm across the shield wall sank the king his folk's old herdsman fatally hurt there were many to bind the brother's wounds and lift him fast as fate allowed his people to wield the peace of war but eover took from Theo, earl from other the iron breastplate hard sword hilted and helmet too and the hoar chief's harness to heloch carried who took the trappings and truly promised rich fee mid folk and fulfill it so for that grim strife gave gaiatish lord hrethel's offspring when home he came to eover and wolf a wealth of treasure each of them had a hundred thousand in land and linked rings nor at less price reckoned mid earth men such mighty deeds and to eover he gave his only daughter in, in pledge of grace the pride of his home. Such is the feud, the foeman's rage, death hate of men. So I deem it sure that the Swedish folk will seek us home, for this fall of their friends, the fighting skilfings, when once they learn that our warrior leader, lifeless lies, who land and hoard, ever defended from all his foes, furthered his folk's wealth, finished his course a hardy hero now haste is best that we go to gaze on our gaiatish lord and bear the bountiful breaker of rings to the funeral pyre no fragments merely shall burn with the warrior wealth of jewels gold untold and gained in terror treasure at last with his life obtained all of that booty the brand shall take fire shall eat it no earl must carry memorial jewel no maiden fair shall wreathe her neck with noble ring nay sad in spirit and shorn of her gold oft shall she pass o'er paths of exile 
Now our Lord all laughter has laid aside, all mirth and revel. Many a spear, morning cold, shall be clasped amain, lifted aloft, nor shall lilt of harp those warriors wake. But the wane-hewn raven, fain o'er the fallen, his feast shall praise and boast to the eagle how bravely he ate when he and the wolf were wasting the slain. So he told his sorrowful tidings, and little he lied, the loyal man of word or of work. The warriors rose sad. They climbed to the cliff of eagles, went welling the tears the wonder to view, found on the sand there stretched at rest their lifeless lord, who had lavished rings of old upon them. Ending day had dawned on the doughty one, death had seized in woeful slaughter the wetter's king, there saw they, besides the strangest being, loathsome, lying their leader near, prone on the field. The fiery dragon, fearful fiend, with flame was scorched. Reckoned by feet it was fifty measures in length as it lay. Aloft erewhile it had reveled by night, and anon come back, seeking its den. Now in death's sure clutch it had come to the end of its earth-hall joys. By it there stood the stoops and jars, dishes lay there, and deer-decked swords eaten with rust, as on earth's lap resting. A thousand winters they waited there. For all that heritage huge, that gold of bygone men, was bound by a spell, so the treasure-hall could be touched by none of humankind, save that heaven's king God himself might give whom he would, helper of heroes the hoard to open even such a man as seemed to meet him. 40. A perilous path it proved, he trod, who heinously hid, that hall within, wealth under wall. Its watcher had killed one of a few, and the feud was avenged in woeful fashion. Wondrous seemed it what manner a man of might and valor oft ends his life, when the earl no longer in mead-hall may live with loving friends. So Beowulf, when that barrow's warden he sought, and the struggle, himself knew not in what wise he should wend from the world at last. For princes potent, who placed the gold with a curse to doomsday, covered it deep, so that marked with sin the man should be, hedged with horrors and hell-bonds fast, racked with plagues, who should rob their hoard. Yet no greed for gold but the grace of heaven ever the king had kept in view. Wheelof spake the son of Wetstan. At the mandate of one oft warriors many sorrow must suffer, and so must we. The people's shepherd showed not aught of care for our counsel, king beloved. That guardian of gold he should grapple not, urged we, but let him lie where he long had been, in his earth-hall waiting the end of the world, the rest of heaven. The hoard is ours, but grievously gotten, too grim the fate which thither carried our king and lord. I was within there, and all I viewed, the chambered treasure whence chance allowed me, and my path was made in no pleasant wise under the earth wall. Eager I seized such heap from the hoard as hands could bear, and hurriedly carried it hither back to my liege and lord. Alive was he still, 
still wielding his wits the wise old man spake much in his sorrow and sent you greetings and bade that ye build when he breathed no more on the place of his balefire a barrow high memorial mighty of men he was worthiest warrior wide earth o'er the while he had joy of his jewels and burge let us set out in haste now the second time to see and search the store of treasure these wall-hid wonders the way i show you where gathered near ye may gaze your fill at broad gold and rings let the beer soon made be all in order when out we come our king and captain to carry thither man beloved where long he shall bide safe in the shelter of sovereign god then the baron of wetchstan bade command hardy chief to heroes many that owned their homesteads hither to bring firewood from far o'er the folk they ruled for the famed one's funeral fire shall devour and wan flames feed on the fearless warrior who oft stood stout in the iron shower when sped from the string a storm of arrows shot o'er the shield wall the shaft held firm featly feathered followed the barb and now the sage young son of wetchstan seven chose of the chieftain's thanes the best he found that band within and went with these warriors one of eight under hostile roof in hand one bore a lighted torch and led the way no lots they cast for keeping the hoard when once the warriors saw it in hall altogether without a guardian lying there lost and little they mourned when they had hastily hailed it out dear bought treasure the dragon they cast the worm o'er the wall for the wave to take and surges swallowed that shepherd of gems then the woven gold on a wain was laden countless quite and the king was born hoary hero to hrone's ness forty one then fashioned for him the folk of gaiats firm on the earth a funeral pile and harness of war and breastplates bright and the boon he asked and they laid amid it the mighty chieftain heroes mourning their master dear then on the hill that hugest of balefires the warriors wakened wood smoke rose black over blaze and blent was the roar of flame with weeping the wind was still till the fire had broken the frame of bones hot at the heart in heavy mood their misery moaned they their master's death wailing her woe the widow old her hair upbound for beowulf's death sung in her sorrow and said full oft she dreaded the doleful days to come death's enow and doom of battle and shame the smoke by the sky was devoured the folk of the wetters fashioned there on the headland a barrow broad and high by ocean fairers far descried in ten days time their toil had raised it the battle braves beacon round brands of the pyre a wall they built the worthiest ever that wit could prompt in their wisest men they placed in the barrow that precious booty the rounds and the rings they had reft erewhile hardy heroes from hoard and cave trusting the ground with treasure of earls gold in the earth wherever it lies useless to men as of yore it was then about that barrow the battle-keen rode 
atheling born a band of twelve lament to make to mourn their king chant their dirge and their chieftain honor they praised his earlship his acts of prowess worthily witnessed and well it is that men their master friend mightily laud heartily love when hence he goes from life and the body forlorn away thus made their mourning the men of guyatland for their heroes passing his hearth companions quoth that of all the kings of earth of men he was the mildest and most beloved to his ken the kindest keenest for praise end of beowulf by unknown translated by francis barton gamere